That's not the DJ this morning. And it's 10 minutes now past the hour of 8 o'clock. State Public Safety Director, I'm sorry, Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington joins us this morning. And I was just noticing, Commissioner, last year in the state of Minnesota, we had at least 21 victims of domestic violence. People lost their lives, 20 women and one man. How does the state can even start to address itself in public safety to stemming the instances of domestic violence? Good morning, Freddie. It's great to talk to you again. Uh, congratulations again on your Hall of Fame. Uh, it was great seeing you there. Um, on, Thank a, you so much. on that chilling note, though, um, I think what the state has done is we've leaned in on a lot of different directions. Part of this is supporting victims and, and listening to victims and providing housing and providing uh, reparations money and also support or reimbursement money for crime victims. But what I really believe in is that what most people really want is to prevent bad things from happening. And that's part of why the, the state Department of Public Safety, Governor Wallace, has, has, has initiated this whole gun lock campaign that we started at the state fair and has continued and is getting great traction right now. Uh, it's, it's noble of me that over half of all the women killed in the United States are killed by an intimate partner with a gun. And in mm. 2021, here in Minnesota, 11 of the 20 women that were killed were killed with a gun. Um, guns are the tool used by domestic violence offenders, by, by batterers, to, to end the lives of their loved ones far too often. And I think the state can do more to help prevent that from happening by helping good, responsible gun owners secure their guns. Uh, because guns don't secure themselves. People do. So t- tell us about the state's program with their gun lock campaign. How does that work and how can we access it? Well, it, it's really very simple. We, we, what we really thought on, this is Tom Smith, my the old chief in St. Paul. He's now my assistant commissioner for law enforcement services. The idea was prevention. Uh, how do we stop the easy access to a loaded firearm? And so when we think about gun violence, we think about murder, obviously, um, and we think about gun-related suicide, 354 last year. And I think very particularly about the seven children under 10 who got a hold of their adult's firearm and killed or injured themselves. The youngest one, as I recall, was just over two years old. So restricting access to a loaded firearm is just one strategy. We gave away 23,000 gun locks at the Minnesota State Fair, uh, and we've been providing them to police departments all over the state, starting out with Rochester, actually. I think the the day before the fair, we started out with Rochester, but from Rochester to Bemidji, uh, Minneapolis Police Department is going to get gun locks. St. Paul Police Department has already gotten gun locks. And then... More close to home, the Black Ministerial Alliances, uh, the African American Leadership Council, they've asked for and have been given gun locks to hand out in their community. Because one of the things we know, and it's one of those really, I think it was a startling statistic for me, of the shooting victims in Minneapolis this year, mm-hmm. 83% of them are black. That's 59 black people who have died tragically from gun violence. And I don't think that number gets gets added in as we start thinking about that there's 71 murders. But when we start actually breaking that down rate by race statistics, we see that there's a disproportionate victimization of black folks from gun violence. So talk about uh, what the state is doing in partnership with a number of partners across the state of Minnesota, especially here in the metro, to stem the violence. You just mentioned that to stem the violence in our communities, uh, either at the hand, either with guns or knives or people just not getting along with each other, particularly in downtown Minneapolis. 
Well, there's, there, there are a couple of different strategies. And what we pitched last year to the legislature was that we wanted to do prevention, intervention, and enforcement. And on the prevention end, the gun locks are one part of that. <laughs> on the intervention end, we are working with groups like Violence Free. Uh, DAP, uh, the Domestic Abuse Project, uh, St. Paul Intervention Project in St. Paul, Women's Advocates, to make sure that women and the men in their lives and their families have access to safe housing, counseling, legal services, and so we are working on intervening in the lives of folks that have domestic violence issues. And then on the enforcement end, the state has leaned in. Uh, the BCA has about 10% of all of our state detectives working on gun violence and homicide cases in Minneapolis. Uh, um, not too far from you, we've had some tragedies involving children, like Anaya and others, and the BCA has been working hand-in-hand -hand with Hennepin County and with Minneapolis to try and bring the folks that committed those horrible crimes to account. Um, we've had some great success. We're, we're getting guns off the streets. We're taking serious, repeat bad guys off the streets. We are uh, building long-term cases to make sure that we can work together. And then on top of that, as I said, I still believe in prevention. And so on top of that, right by your offices, perhaps you've seen them periodically, uh, we've asked the Minnesota State Patrol to do high-visibility patrol in conjunction with, with MPD. Uh, so you'll see the maroon and gold driving up and down Broadway and up and down Lake Street, uh, trying to add an additional layer of support. And occasionally, if you look up, you may actually see the State Patrol helicopter because we been using that helicopter to stop both the street racers, but also we believe that it's a safer way of stopping a bad guy who's decided to take off on the run. Um, it's not easy work. We've had troopers shot at. We've had we had some real we had some real tough cases to work. But we are working together with the Minneapolis Police Department, with Hennepin County, and with all our other community partners, uh, churches like Shiloh and others, to try and make sure that we have not missed any opportunity to intervene to make people's lives safer. It's a complex issue, everyone. We're talking with State Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington. And I have to share with you a letter that we received just about a month ago from an individual, and it harkens back to the see something, say something. This individual overheard a telephone call, a FaceTime call, where the individual was talking about uh, purchasing weapons, AK, uh, whatever the name of it, 15s, 40, I'm, I'm not sure, Commissioner, but it was an AK something. And uh, as the call went on, the individual said, well, just come to my house and you can buy it there. And he says, well, yeah, because I want to add to the arsenal that I've got right now. A call was placed to uh, 911 non-emergency, and the response was, it said, it's not illegal to own a gun, so we're not even uh, going to take a look at that. How does that fix? How does that fit when we hear it, the, the words, if you hear something, say something, but nothing was done when someone said something? What, what that fits into, unfortunately, is, a, is a, a scenario that we were all too familiar with, with the, the drop in the staffing model at MPD. And, and I think if that was a Minneapolis case, that would make more sense. What I will tell you, though, is that we're working together with, uh, for example, the Attorney General Keith Ellison to make sure that straw buyers and uh, businesses that sell guns illegally are held accountable. Uh, because we do know that there is uh, ghost guns and guns without serial numbers and sear switches, which may 
make uh, semi-automatic handguns and, and pistols into full auto uh, operations. We know that that's happening, and we are, in fact, doing the investigations. We're partnered with ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms folks, and so um, I hope that that, that caller uh, doesn't feel dissuaded from continuing to see something, say something, and then when it's appropriate, do something. Because I really do think that's the that's the that's what we have to do together if we're going to solve this this gun violence problem. It's a conversation I've had um, repeatedly. Uh, I've been working with Interfaith Action, uh, with Nicole Archibald, who works for me. Sure. Uh, but we had 911 church members who have come together to talk to us about a vision of public safety, and it's a vision of public safety where police and community are working together to solve problems. It's amazing how complex public safety is. And and final question this morning, or even just a statement. Uh, I know that the staffing levels are down in both major communities here in the state of Minnesota, Uh, but you do have some opportunities to join DPS. We absolutely do. Uh, we are hiring. Uh, State Patrol is hiring. BCA is hiring. DVS. We have we have lots of jobs here at the state of Minnesota. We you can learn more about them at dps.min.gov. Um, and also on the gun locks, if folks are interested in getting gun locks, as I said, we gave 23000 away. We're still giving them away through police departments. You can call us or email us at safeandsecuremn.org, and we'll send you three free gun locks uh, to your home. So if you couldn't make it to the fair and you can't make it to your local police department or you can't make it to your local church to, to get a gun lock, uh, please do not feel shy. We think the gun locks, and this is something Thomas Smith has said to me repeatedly, the gun locks are a great asset for keeping guns out of the hands of a child or keeping someone who's bent on suicide who can't call 988 uh, quickly enough. But what really is important in this is the conversation that you and I are having and that we hope that the community will have around responsible gun ownership and how we can lock up guns and save lives. All right, saving lives, safe and secure, mn.org for the gun locks. Up to three, as the commissioner says. And also, you can learn more about opportunities at uh, the DPS at dps.mn.gov. Do you have a final thought for us this morning, John Harrington, police commissioner or safety commissioner? <laughs> uh, what, I'm, still, I'm still seeing you as the chief of police in St. Paul. I'm, I'm way back there. Uh, well, I, I, there are days I, I still remember that very fondly. Uh, what I will say is, and this is a conversation we've had with, the, with Interfaith Action, uh, is we've been talking about the beloved community, uh, and that really has been a community conversation with, with members of the faith community, and I really do believe that we all have a responsibility to work together if we're going to ever achieve the beloved community. And that beloved community is a community where we all feel safe. And a beloved community is a place where our kids can go out and play and where our elders in the community can walk down the streets without having to to listen uh, for that sound of gunfire in the Mm -hmm. background or to look over their shoulder because they're in fear. All right. Well said. Thank you so much for being with us. John Harrington, Public Safety Commissioner for the state of Minnesota, joining us this morning live on KMLJ. Have a great day, sir. Always pleasure, sir.